Well, we've been in the area uh, for a little while in the area called noble character. The keys to true success. And uh, when we came out of the gate with that one and just kind of talked in, in a very general form right here uh, about success. And uh, if you're here uh, and, and you're sitting in this place and you say, you know, I would really like to live a life that is successful that is making an impact here in this world, uh, a life that's satisfying. Uh, I believe that, that you're in the right place here today. Because what really kind of spurred this, this, this thought on my mind about success was birthed out of Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Uh, it was a verse uh, that I was telling you about uh, about a month ago that, that was taught to me that for about a week from, a, from an old pastor, a wise man, uh, God had used him to speak to those who were candidates who were going through the process of ordination. And in Luke 2.52, uh, kind of gave seed for this, this area about uh, success. And it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I want to talk to you about this morning, what caused Jesus and what can help us to walk in favor with God and people. Would anybody like to have more favor on their life? Anybody looking for that? Okay. Favor. Jesus had favor upon his life. God's Favor was upon him. He had favor with God and he had favor with man. And I believe the area that takes us to favor comes from from Proverbs chapter 22, verse one. And it says this, choose a good reputation or a name over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. And I believe that it's the area of our character, uh, our reputation. It's our name that I, I believe that really kind of paints the, the, the picture of what success really looks like. And, uh, and I believe that God would have us to choose a good reputation, a good name over great riches. I know many of us would like to have more money. We would like to have maybe more things. But the Bible says if you have to make a choice between wealth or a reputation or a good name, he says all day long. And this was written by a man who was the wealthiest at his time, Solomon. I know this. Uh, in fact, we were uh, when I was reading my Bible in the kitchen, I was sitting there, uh, uh, there uh, by the table and I was reading my Bible and I came across a name and and, and, and Jew was sitting over by the couch and I says, uh, and this name that I brought up, I says, did we ever consider this name when, you know, when we, we were in the stage of having children? And, and, and this name that I brought up, I really liked it a lot. And she says, yeah, it was brought up, but I never liked it uh, because, uh, because it reminded me of this person. How many went through this process when you're, when you're trying, you know, as parents and, uh, you know, the wife is pregnant and you're going through the process of, 
of, all right, what are we going to name our kid that comes forth, you know, whether it's a girl. And I mean, no, it's been a battle, some of those. And, 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 and June and I were many times, no, I don't want to name it because it reminded you of some person. There was a characteristic and there was something that was negative that was attached to it. So this morning, we're going to look at, and we're going through this process of what makes a good name, what brings a good reputation. I want you to write down this word, and it's there in your notes. It's called honesty, truthfulness. I believe that living a life of honesty and a life of truthfulness brings satisfaction, brings success and impact. In fact, I heard a person here in this church, I don't know where he got it from. He says, a good conscience is the best pillow. To have a good conscience, you have to tell the truth. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 5 from the Amplified says this. A consistently righteous man hates lying and deceit. A consistently righteous man hates lying and deceit. Now that certainly was not true of me before I met Christ. Uh, even though uh, before I met Christ, I was a, a, a deeply religious person. I, I prayed to God. I went to church each Sunday. I went through the motions. But my life did, did in no way, not only my life, but my words did not paint the truth. And uh, it, 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 my life was a life of lies. In fact, I, I look back to, to the scripture right here. It was a description. And, and David is describing the wicked person who is not in relationship with God. And he said here in Psalm chapter 52, verse 2, he says, your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. Okay, that was me with people. I mean, cutting people down. I was an expert in that. Out of my own insecurity that was in my life, I was putting people down just to go ahead and feel better about myself. But here was, here was something that really had a, a hold in my life. You're an expert at telling lies. That was me. In fact, I, in, fact uh, in my teenage years, I took great pride in the fact that, that I could lie to people. I could lie to my parents, and they did not even know about it. He says, you love evil more than truth and lies more than the truth. And here lying and deceit had a hold in my life. But it says the righteous, the righteous detest and hate being around lying and deceiving. I was listening to a story by Pastor Craig Groeschel from Life Church there in Oklahoma. And he was talking about one of his sermons. In fact, he was talking about this topic online. He said, uh, before I came to know Christ, he says, I was going to church. He says, but I was not righteous. I was religious. And, and, and at the end of the sermon, the pastor, uh, uh, my pastor gave this, this word to, to all of us in church. And he says, I want all of you here uh, by next Sunday. I want everyone here to read Mark chapter 17. And so Craig Groeschel said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to read, go ahead and read Mark chapter 17. 
And so uh, uh, it, it goes into Monday, and, and he didn't have enough time to go into it. It was Tuesday, went into Wednesday. He had me fully intending to go ahead and read Mark 17, but he never got around to it. So, so then it was, it, it was that Sunday. He says, all right, he says, for those who, raise, who read Mark chapter 17, raise your hand. And, and there were four people that raised their hands. And, uh, and Craig Rochelle was one of them. Uh, he said, you know what, I, I'm going to go ahead and get to it eventually. But he went ahead, he says, and he's looking around, he says, look at all these schmucks that, that didn't re- you know, read you know, Mark chapter 7, and I'm going to be one of those. And then the pastor said, you know what, uh, and people you know, were kind of clapping or whatever, and you know, hooray, and, and all of a sudden he started to take, take pride, and he's, he, he opens up the Bible, and he goes to Mark chapter 17, and he sees Mark chapter 16, and then John chapter 1. There is, for those who read the Bible, there is no Mark chapter 17. And he says, today, he says, I'm going to be speaking about lying, okay? (laughs) So let me ask you a question. Which one would best describe you? Hating lying or are you an expert at telling lies? Let me ask you just a little, a little bit more pointed question. How many of you ever lied? How many of you may be good at calling the boss and, and saying, uh, even though you've got maybe six or seven sick days and I, I, I'm just not feeling too well today, and you're there out on the boat later on in the day. How many of you are good at, 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 at giving excuses, uh, lying, deceiving, and covering up? Okay, lie, cover, and deceive. That was my life. Lie, cover, and deceive. Some of you are here this morning. I, I know it in this place. I know it in my spirit that, that that is a description of some of your life. You lie, you cover, and you continue to deceive, and you continue to do that because you're getting away with it. And can I give you a, a word of encouragement and warning? If I'm describing you here this morning, would you quickly, by the end of this service, repent of that sin? The reason why I want to encourage you to repent of it, okay, is because I want you to take a, a look at what the Bible has to say about lying. Proverbs 10.9, there's a lot, the Bible says in the book about Proverbs, about honesty and truth. It says, honest people are safe and secure, but the dishonest will be caught. Eventually, you're going to be found out. Make no mistake about it, the Bible says your sin will eventually find you out. In the, in the last book of the Bible, the last chapter, Revelations chapter 21, verse 8, it says, but for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So if you are a person... That is, it's a pattern of your life. It just doesn't happen once in a while. But but it happens on a regular basis where you lie, you cover, and you're deceived. Your end will not be good. This is the description of a person burning in hell forever and ever. This is a person that's living in this lifestyle. 
But the problem is that you and I live in a culture that treats lying almost as a necessary sin. Uh, if you want to get ahead, you lie. And, and, and a lot of times we, we treat lying or a white lie, it's not really that bad. We treat some sins as always wrong. Rape, murder, okay. Okay, thievery, that's wrong. But lying uh, is really not that bad. In fact, understandable at times. Some even say that lying is absolutely necessary. It's a part of life. In fact, for those who are parents, uh, you know this. Uh, uh, it's one of the first things that your kids learn. Okay, you don't have to teach them to lie. Uh, did you have those cookies? I mean, and, and they're shaking their, their, their face and they got chocolate all over their faces. Lying is hardwired into our sinful nature. But I want to say this. Just because lying seems acceptable, it is not to God in any way, shape, or form. Proverbs twelve twenty two it says, The Lord detests lying lips, but He delights in those who tells the truth. God's Word says He detests lying lips. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Okay, let me just read it to you. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. So that is just a, a description. Here it says that God hates lying. And the question I want to ask, I, I began to look at, is God, what is it about lying that you hate? What is it that, that, that lying makes your hate list? This is number two on God's list. Number one was haughtiness. We're going to take a look at that as we look at character coming up here in the future. Why is lying on God's hate list? I want you to take write down the notes right here. Fill them in. Here it is. Number one, we align ourselves with the enemy or specifically his enemy. God does have enemies and his enemy is the devil. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, you belong. He's talking to religious people, okay? He's talking to the, to, the, uh, to the religious leaders, okay? He says, you belong to your father. They had a form of religion. The devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We never become almost more like the enemy. Satan himself is when lying has a hold of our lives. It's an enemy of God's. God hates it. Number two, it destroys relationships and trust. What is, what is the foundation? If you, if you were to just put one word the foundation of a solid, growing relationship. What word would you use? Every single time I, I, I brought that up to people, most people answer, it's trust. It's honesty. It's, it's integrity. And I believe this. You can't have a real, authentic, deep relationship without honesty. And I know this trust, okay, it takes time. It takes time to develop, okay? But it can be lost in a second. It can be lost in a moment. And, and, and there are people that are here because you've been dishonest and you've lost 
trust and faith with people, those who supposedly love you, family members or whatever, and, and there's not closeness, there's not intimacy. And, and, uh, and, and, and you made a mistake, you, you, you didn't tell the truth, and there was something that was so damaging to that relationship. Trust is the glue that holds relationships together. And God is all about relationships. He wants people to get along. He wants people to get to know each other and become close together. And you can never have that unless there's trust and, and, and truth that goes with that. Second of all, I want to look at here this morning. We know that God hates lies because we line ourselves with the enemy. It destroys relationships. But why do we lie? Why do we lie to each other? We've lied to each other here in this room. No question about it. Why do we lie to God? We've lied to God before. Why do we lie to ourselves? There was a study or a poll that was done on how many times people were asked, how many times do you lie in a day? And the answer, they did it to women. And and generally the answer that they came up, the consensus was that women lie on average three times a day. Okay. Three times a day. Now, just in case, just do your math. That's almost a, a thousand lies a year. Okay? Wow. Ladies lying. Okay, three times a day. But men, we were asked, and we answered the question, we, we lie about six times a day, twice as much, okay? So uh, we're not much better off, okay? And so we lie, we lie to each other, we lie to God, and we lie to ourselves. And one of the saddest things, we lie to ourselves. And how do we lie to ourselves? Friends and family who have come up to us uh, and someone who has loved us and said, you know what, you really have a problem in this area of our, of your life, and they try to confront us in a loving way. Me, I don't have a problem. I don't have no problem. Or in a marriage, okay? I'm not the problem. You're the problem, okay? Seen that happen a number of times, or we lie with God. And, and, and this is what I, 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 I really fear as a pastor. There, there are people that are here that come to Calvary that are in churches here in America that, are, that are, are religious people who say, you know what, I'm okay. I'm really not that bad. I believe in God and I'm really okay. I'm a basically a, a, a religious person. But here it is. You may be religious. You may have a former religion, but you're not in a true relationship with God. You're not a pursuer of him. He's, he's not in your heart. He's not someone that you talk to, someone that you worship. It's, it's maybe just a Sunday thing. And, and, and when it comes to sin, there's really, there's no moral conviction. There's nothing that really breaks you on the inside. And, 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 and basically, you've lied to yourself. You say, I'm okay. The Bible describes you in 1 John 2, 4, if someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Ask yourself this. Because we've all done this, I guarantee you, this past year. Some of you are living in a pattern of lies. Some of you are lying every once in a while. But ask yourself this question, why do I lie? I want you to think about that. Why don't you maybe write this down. And I want you to think about the times that you told a lie this past year. Back in 2013, why didn't I tell the truth? What is going on? Why do I lie? I lie because 
Uh, here it is. Here's some excuses. It makes life easier. I lie to make myself look better. This lie will help me if I tell it to get ahead. Or I'm afraid of what they might think of me if I told the truth to protect the feelings of others. I, I don't want to really hurt their feelings. I remember hearing a pastor uh, uh, telling uh, the story about where people would, would, uh, were generous with him at, at, and would bake him some cookies or some bread or, or, or a meal. At, at, and the people were, you know, really wanting to be nice and loved their pastor and appreciated those things. He says, but every once in a while, he said, you know, I get something. Boy, he said, it wasn't too good, you know. And what do you do when someone uh, tries to give their very best to you, trying to be generous? And, and, and what do you say to him? Well, pastor, how did you like, okay? How did you like what I made for you? And the pastor's response was, he says, you know what? It really hit the spot, okay? It, it hit this spot, the garbage can. That was basically his, his, his only response to it because he didn't want to hurt their feelings. I lie because I don't want to disappoint people. So if I failed them, I lie about this. But here's the big one. I want you to see this and invite you to write this down on the screen. I lie because I think my life is better Okay, I think my lie, not my life, but my lie is better than the truth. Isn't that the truth? I lie because I think my lie is better than the truth. I lie because I think my lie is better than the truth. Why do I lie? Because I don't basically believe the truth. I believe that my lies are better than God's ways, okay, and God's promises. I lie because, I, you know what, I, I don't want to go through this pain. And I want, to, I want you to just think of this. I want you to see here, right here, standing right here in this corner, it's called truth with a capital T. And this is God's truth. This is Jesus who is truth. And here you are, right over here. And, uh, and to have a relationship with him, the enemy of your soul wants to separate you and I from the truth. And he is working overtime in many different ways and forms and fashion to separate you and I from the truth. And so my prayer for you and my prayer for myself is that we would live in the truth and we would get close to the truth, which is my, my, my first point. How do I become a person of truth? For those who are here and they say, you know, my, I don't ever want to lie. I want to be telling the truth all the time. Here it is, John 14, 6. If you want to become a per- person of truth, get close to the truth. Jesus was asked the question, which way is the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I want to take you through my journey because this is what a big issue in my life. When I got saved, okay, this was pointed out to me by the Father, okay, as I was reading the Bible, you're, when, when the Lord spoke to me, when I was not right with Him, you are a cheat and you are a liar. So this was something that really had a hold of my life. And this is what helped bring victory into my life. I discovered that Jesus is the truth because it says in John 1.14, it says, the Word became flesh 
and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glo- of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. I want you to write this statement down. Truth is not just a concept. Truth is a person. And when I came to Christ, okay, okay, far away from him, I recognized. But his blood and his sacrifice brought me near to him. And, and it wasn't told to me, but there was just something inside of me. I want to get to know this Jesus and, and everything that, that it entailed. And so my pursuit at 19 years of age when I came to Christ was to come to get to know Jesus. When you get to know Jesus, you get to know the truth. Which leads into the second part. Get close to his message. Jesus' prayer there at the end for, for us and for his disciples. He says, make them ready for your service through your truth. Your teaching is truth. He's talking about this. He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the scriptures. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 119 verse 18. He says, God Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. So he's recognizing that that our eyes and our hearts can be closed. Okay, we can read something, but it can it, it will be dark to us. So he says, pray. He says, God, would you just open up my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your scriptures? Psalm one nineteen verse one sixteen. Let me just read you another one, verse that says. The very essence of your words is truth. When we meditate, when we read the scriptures, and this is another word, read your Bible. Not because you have to, not because it's just a religious thing to do. But when you begin to read the words of the master, the word of truth right here, when you read this, this begins to rub off on you when you meditate on it, okay? When you say, man, that's totally opposite of what the world says. This is what God's word says. When I begin to meditate on it and think on it and I pray about it, God begins to change our hearts and our thoughts and our ways. Number three. If you're a person here this morning and you struggle, it's a pattern of your life. Okay, this isn't something that just happens once in a while, but it happens often. Make it a matter of prayer. Really pray about it. Here's what the proverb, the writer of proverb here said in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 and 8. He says, two things I ask of you, Lord. God, please do not refuse it before I die. Keep falsehood. And lies far from me. He recognized there was a tendency that if he was tempted, it was a situation was right, that he was prompted to go ahead and deceive and lie and not tell the truth. He says, God, make me a person that tells the truth. I encourage you, make that a prayer in your life. Number four, keep a long distance from liars. Keep a long distance from liars. And, I, when I, when I, and, what, and what I mean by that, now if there is someone that you know that is a liar, that's not saved, and you're working on them to go ahead and, and tell them about Jesus, okay, okay, that's fine. Continue that relationship, okay. But don't make, don't make liars your closest friends, okay. David said here in Psalm 26, so he says, and he's describing wicked people and what they're like. He says, I do not spend 
time with liars, okay? He's saying, liars are not my closest friends, okay? I don't spend time with them. And he goes through this list. He says, and then he add, he ends it right here in verse 12. He says, because of that, he says, now I stand on solid ground. If you want to have a firm foundation in life, okay, okay, get acquainted with the truth. Know the truth. Spend time with the truth. And I know this. For those who hang out with people that are wicked, show me your friends. I will show you your future. And I want to take you to one more scripture, and then we're going to pray. Now, I know some of us have been praying about an area. Some of us have been praying, God, I... I been praying about finances, been praying about money. Some of you have been praying about that because there were some things that you would like to do, places that you would like to go, things that you would like to purchase. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having desires and, and to buy some certain things. Nothing wrong with that in and of themselves. But for those that are here this morning, I want you to consider this if you haven't done this. Proverbs chapter 23 Verse 23, the first part of this verse, it says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Buy the truth and do not sell it. The best purchase, the wisest purchase that you and I can make is to buy the truth. One man said this, he says, sell your material things, but save your morals. Save the truth, okay? Let it, let it multiply with interest. Let truth be, be a, a foundational, stoned character trait in your life. Watch God use that. And I know that there are people here in this room. God wants to help you in this area. It's a stronghold. And, and, and there's people. Here, here's the thing. You've been getting away with it. And you've been deceiving yourself. But the Bible says there will be a day you will be found out. You may not even be found out in this life, uh, in this life, but eventually I would encourage you to repent of that. For those that are here that have lied and, 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 and you still feel guilty over what you said to something or, or did to someone, it was done out of deceit and you're still feeling the weight of that sin. I want to let you know the blood of Christ okay, covers that sin. But also know this. You reap what you sow. I know this. A person that lived a life of lies and deceit. And out of that, there was relationships that were strained. That I caused. And it took a long time. In fact, it took Christ coming into my life to change me. And to recognize and to apologize. And I I would encourage if there's been anyone in here and said, you know what? Please forgive me. I'm wrong. I've sinned against you. And I'm asking God to do a work inside of my heart. If you want to build the, the walls and, and, and structure of a good relationship and foundation, come back to the truth and relationships with other people. Watch God begin to work in your life. So we're going to pray here right now. We're going to ask God. Uh, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit here this morning. God's been speaking to you. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit. What area do I need to come out to be honest about? And the Lord's speaking to hearts this morning. Let's, let's be honest before Him. Let's, let's start with God. Let's ask Him to do that work inside of our hearts. Some of you, you're doing really well in this area. It's not an issue. 
And I thank the Lord for that. Let's thank the Lord that that he's given us the desire, the ability to, to tell the truth. We bought the truth a long time ago. It's not for sale in our life. But for those where it's been just dependent upon the situation, it's been for sale. It's been optional in my life. I've been lying because I don't really believe the truth of God's word and God's ways. Today I want to make a change in that area with eyes closed. Please, I don't want to embarrass anybody here this morning. You say, Pastor, I want to come clean before the Lord. Some of you are here, it's your character deceiving. No one knows except God. You say, I, I, I want to come clean. I want I don't want to be a person of lie, cover, and deceive. I want to be a person of integrity, a person of honesty. My conscience is not good. I want to be able to lie down at night. Relax. I want to have to worry about what did I say to that person last? That is you here this morning. You say, Pastor, I just would like prayer for this. And I want to bring it before the Lord. I want to repent of this this morning. I want you to just go ahead. Would you raise your hand? And you can just put it down after you're done. If there's anyone here that says, Pastor, I lie. It's part of my life. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? So I, I, I don't want this to have a hold of my life any longer. Go ahead, put your hand down. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, appreciate that. For those who lie to impress people, you lie to impress. Repent. You don't need to do that. People will accept you for who you are. Anybody else that the Holy Spirit speaking to someone here in that specific area, you lie to impress people. You, it, it, it's not really a big, really a big one. It doesn't seem like, but God wants to do a work in your heart. Anybody else that says, "Man, I need prayer in this area." Just taking a moment. I usually don't take this long, but I know the Holy Spirit's just moving right now. Father, in Jesus' name, for those who raised their hands. I pray, Lord God, that they would come so close to the truth, which is you, your word. And God, the sources, God, that, that, that are polluting them, Lord God, that which they dwell on, Lord, that which they think on, Lord. Father, which is lies. I pray, God, that you would help them to have a Philippians 4.8 moment, Lord, that they would think on that which is true, which is you, Lord. Father, we, we have an enemy, Lord, that wants to separate us from the truth. And we ask you, Lord, to just do a work in our hearts, Lord. We need your help, God. We, we can't fight him off in our own strength. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, to, to pull us to that side, to pull us to Jesus, to the one who is truth here today. 
We ask, Lord, for forgiveness. Lord, we make no excuses. We're wrong. We have sinned against you. We have sinned against others. We have sinned against ourselves. And Lord, we ask mercy here today. God, anyone else, Lord, here in this room, Lord, that's lying, God, didn't raise their hand. Father, I pray conviction, a repentance, Lord. Father, Lord, that they will find joy and your peace in that. Father, thank you, Lord. And I pray, God, your people, your church, God, would be people of truth and honesty. Lord, your church, God, which is the pillar of truth. And God, may we represent, Lord, you well, God, to a world that is lost and swallowed up in lies. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, Lord, in us and through us. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Hope to see you tomorrow night for prayer.